Are you tired of ticket fees? Pay the price for your ticket that is advertised and not a penny more. Go to TickSplits.com. That's T-I-X-B-L-I-T-Z.com. Fantastic prices on all sports and concert tickets. Guaranteed seats, no fees. TickSplits.com. That's T-I-X-B-L-I-T-Z.com. Tech all good evening, Mr. Haltech. How are you, sir? Hey, good evening, Double A. It's great to be back. Uh, we got a great episode lined up for this evening, and we are honored to have uh, a very special guest. He's a, a definite friend of our our podcast. Uh, the uh, incomparable editor in chief at Windy City Gridiron, and the one, the only Lester Wolfong. Good evening, Les. What's up, guys? How you guys doing tonight? Doing great. Doing great, sir. Thanks, as always. Sure. Been an interesting week in the NFL and for the Bears, uh, so let's get right to it. Um, the first thing I want to talk about is right before uh, we started recording, uh, happened to be able to get on Twitter for a little bit to, to see what was going on in the league because I didn't get uh, home until about an hour before we started recording. And uh, your colleague, uh, Lester, uh, Bill Zimmerman, threw out uh, some false narratives that will never change in most Bear fans' minds. Uh, and they're just absolutely the nail is hit right smack <laughs> dab on the head. Starting with Hallis and the McCaskies now, since Hallis has been gone for, and he still has to live this down from the grave for the last, what, 47, 37 years. Uh, the McCaskies are cheap, yeah. which is the farthest thing from the truth. But it's still, you know, it goes all the way back to the days when Ditka, just before Ditka left town, where uh, he he commented that uh, Hallis throws around nickels like manhole covers, and it still it still lingers to this day. Yeah, it's one of those things where I think that's just one of those things that's going to be a an, an old school narrative that that really never goes away. I mean, if you take a look at the, you know, the last, you know, 25, 30 years in, of the Bears, I mean, you know, they've spent when there's people to spend on. They went out and got big friends when, when they needed them. You know, I mean, they'll spend the money if it's if, if there's a reason to spend it. You know, they may be smart with the money. They may not do stuff where they just give away money where where if they feel a guy like let's take uh, like like uh, like Bryce Callahan from a year ago or or Cam Meredith, you know. You know, a lot of people in, in the media, well, I won't say a lot of people, there was a couple people in the media that kind of, you know, they, they kind of jumped on that, on that cheap narrative saying that they should have, you know, signed them to those, to those free agent deals because it wouldn't have cost that much money. You know, but, you know, hindsight now tells us, you know, the Bears and Ryan Pace made the right decision. You know, there's no point in throwing that money at those players because they didn't play the next year because of injury. So the Bears trusted the doctors. You know, they, they were smart with their money, and they passed on those contracts. But 
but, but like we said, you know, they'll spend when there's money to spend, and if there's a player they think is worthy, they'll they'll uh, they'll, they'll open up the checkbook. I mean, you can go back to Julius Peppers. Yeah. Um, you can go to what Musi Mohammed, uh, Allen Robinson, a more of more recent of you know fame. You know, these are all guys that could have gone elsewhere. Uh, I think one of the one of the you got to give the Bears credit. Um, and, and this goes all the way back to the, the Gilstein days. What do you never see the Bears do is cut a veteran for cap casualty. They're, they're cap smart. They're, their contracts are structured appropriately. So you don't get into the situation where two years into a, a five-year contract they they cut the guy because uh because he's making too much money and i think that's just smart business by the bears yeah that's that's one thing with the the whole uh ryan pace regime you know that's one thing that they had done under his watches you know they always give themselves an out in the contract they make sure the way it's structured is the 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 the, the guaranteed money is paid within the first couple years of the deal they make so there's not a lot of dead dead space so if they have to make a deal and, and, and get rid of a player for, for a cap purpose, you know, they're not going to get stuck with a lot of budget dead money. Absolutely. Uh, the second uh, false narrative on the list, Charles Leno's is Charles Leno is awful. Yeah. <laughs> you know, th- 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 that was brought about by uh, Brandon Thorne, who is probably one of the premier O-line analysts, you know, around. He's been doing this for a long time, and he specializes in the O-line. You know, he, he had his tears come out today, and four of the five Bear starters were in his fourth tier, which is what he calls his solid-to-average player tier. And, 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 you know, that's that's who Charles Leno is. I mean, he's he's not elite. You know, he, yeah, he has one Pro Bowl on, on his resume, but, you know, let's be honest. You know, that, that's, that's that's a ceiling. A fringe Pro Bowler is a ceiling. At the end of the day, Charles Leno's going to be an average guy. He had a, a, a below-average year last year, but he's 28 years old. I mean, is, is he going to bounce back? I think he will. Aaron, what are your thoughts on on Mr. Leno? I mean, I think what Lester said is completely accurate. I think when you factor in that he's a he's you know uh, what seventh-round pick, um, two pick number 246. Uh, I think he's He's great. <laughs> I mean, but that being said, you know, the left tackle position is is a position that is squarely in the crosshairs always. Yeah. Um, and Lester knows this better than anybody that Mitch didn't do him any favors this past year either. And neither did Daniels when he got back in there at guard after he flamed out at center. So I think that you know, Leno, for whatever reason, just kind of much like the rest of the offense, after that first game, they just could never get back their confidence and their bearings, and they were just scuffling and struggling all season. I, I think at times, you know, when they changed things up and 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 were able to be successful, you saw him be fine, but he... I don't know. It's just for whatever reason, he's a guy that um, certain media and certain um, podcasters and bloggers and things have just put in their crosshairs, you know, and I think pretty unfairly 
um, you know, and, and rather, um, Don, I'll just say it rather, you know, uh, crappily have put put him down and made him the scapegoat of a lot of things. And that and that happens to to left tackles. I mean, it really does. Um, but I think it's been unfair. I think he's a solid player. You know, is he um, one of the best left tackles in the league? No. But is he in the bottom third? Absolutely not. He's middle of the pack. And I think he can definitely have a bounce back season. Um, but he needs, you know, he needs the whole team around him to play better, and he needs Mitch to to step up into the pocket every now and then when there is one, instead of hanging him out to dry. I, you, you could say the exact same thing. It's kind of funny because Jermaine Ifedi is the Charles Leno of Seattle. He's the guy that was out there all the time and would get a bunch of crap every time Russell Wilson would scramble and didn't make a ridiculous play. It was Jermaine Ifedi's fault, right? So, you know, it's, it's at the end of the day, it's not fair. It's a narrative, and it's just one that doesn't go away. And, and whether, you know, you're talking about the Bears being cheap or Leno, narratives like this follow teams that don't win. I mean, that's the reality yeah. of it. When you have a team that, that does not win and does not get things done and has had, uh, you know, has been to the playoffs so infrequently over the last however many years, this is what you get, you know, especially if you have a rabid fan base. I mean, if the Chargers, nobody cares. But, you know, if it's the Bears, this is, you know, people make livings and their full-time hobbies off of just talking about this stuff. And I think he's just... He's just the kind of the guy that's become the unfortunate target. Absolutely. Um, speaking of targets, Jordan Howard is an all-pro level running back. You know, it's, it's interesting when you take a look at his last year as a Bear versus David Montgomery's first year as a Bear, and there were eerily similar statistics. Lester. Yeah, I mean, they had an almost identical season. I mean, obviously the offense, you know, in Jordan Howard's last year, you know, that was a much more efficiently run offense. You know, they kind of had a, had more of an identity. You know, they kind of, you know, they knew who they were as they were after the season was winding down. They understood what was going on with the offense around them as far as they wanted to just kind of uh, – uh, run the clock a little bit and just, you know, be smart with the football. So it was a lot of Jordan Howard. So, you know, if you look at that, his last year in Chicago, he picked up most of his yards later in the year when the Bears kind of really committed to that run. You know, last year, the offense as a whole was just broken the whole season. And Montgomery still was able to put up, you know, decent numbers for a rookie. It's, it's nowhere near what he has to be. He knows he has to be better this year. But, but overall, Jordan, Jordan Howard had a nice rookie year. Uh, he made the Pro Bowl. Uh, but then every year of his career, his kind of numbers declined. And, and we saw last year in, in, in Philly, you know, his numbers, he was injured a little bit. So, you know, this is just kind of who he is. He's never going to be that 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 Pro Bowl type elite running back just because, you know, the, the running style he has. You know, he has to be in the perfect scheme. He has to have that perfect, uh, perfect uh, situation around him. To, to have success. And, you know, I talked about it, you know, when the, when the bears got rid of it and, and he went to Philly, you know, he's going to fill a, a Laguerre blunt role for a playoff team. That's, that's who he is. Uh, now, now we're going to see him in Miami this coming up season, you know, and the, we know that's obviously not a playoff caliber team yet. So, you know, he'll have his chance. I mean, if he wants to prove everyone wrong I mean, we'll see what he does in Miami, but I'm not expecting, uh, you know, a huge year out of Jordan Howard. 
What I think is hilarious is that how could these two narratives coexist, that Jordan Howard is a pro bowler and Charles Leno is garbage? Because Jordan Howard was running behind Charles Leno quite a bit. Yeah. You know, so it, it and it's funny to me because a lot of the same people are the are the keepers of both of these narratives. <laughs> and it just goes to it just goes to show you how stupid people are sometimes when they come up with this stuff. Cause it's like, there is no running back in the league that doesn't have a good offensive line in front of him. You know, I mean, yeah. so it's like, you know, and when offensive linemen or when running backs win awards, what do they do? They kick the offensive linemen out there. They buy them Rolexes, all this kind of stuff, because they know that these are the hogs that are moving people out of the way for them to do their work. So it's like, it's just, you know, it's just stupid is what it is. But Jordan Howard was a nice back. We loved him because he was a tough, hard-nosed runner, and he got the chance to run downhill a lot. And he, he moved the pile, and, you know, he got yards after contact. Um, but, you know, again, this is another thing, like you mentioned earlier, where Pace probably made the right decision, even though I think last year it would have been nice to have maybe had a Jordan Howard. But you know what? He was hurt. He didn't even play for the Eagles half the season. So yeah. we can't sit and go, well, if we had Jordan Howard, because nobody had Jordan Howard, Jordan Howard was hurt. And no, he's not going to do anything in Miami. And no, he was never going to get a big contract. Um, I mean, I think maybe they could have traded him a little earlier and flipped him for a higher pick. But he was never a pro bowler, by you know, other than his yeah. first year. And, and he's just, I mean, he was a nice back. And the Bears had a good offensive line, and he, he put up uh, some numbers, but he was never a guy that had any kind of breakaway speed, any kind of game-changing ability, couldn't catch a pass to save his life. You know, he tried to say that he, he was a great pass catcher. I mean, the guy just couldn't catch a pass. So, you know, it was what it was. It's just he's another guy that got caught up. I mean, how long did we hear in 2018 about how – Jordan Howard not a good fit, and it basically it became Nagy versus Howard. You were either a, a Nagy fan or a Jordan Howard fan. It's just tiresome. <laughs> Speaking of tiresome, Ryan Nall just needs an opportunity. You could probably <laughs> cross out Ryan Nall and put Devin Aroma should do, uh, Tanner Gentry. The list goes on and on and on. Uh, but, uh, you know, Lester, yeah, this I, is, uh, it's, it's, just, it's just hysterical that this false narrative keeps on propping up. You know, I, I think with guys like, like Ryan Nall and you mentioned, uh, you know, some of the other guys that like the, the fringe roster guys that, that really shine in camp, uh, Ahmed Merritt. I mean, there's guys throughout history. I think part of it is because they, as Chicagoans, as, as you know, we're, it's, it's the blue collar town. It's, that's the, that's what everyone talks about. And, and I think one thing that we like is we like the underdog. And so we take a look at these underdogs on the roster and we're like, Oh my God, this guy could do it. You know? So a guy like Ryan, Null, I mean, I'll admit, I, I like Ryan. Null. I want to see him get a chance, but I understand why he's not getting that chance is, you know, he, he's, he's obviously not showing. I mean, there's no, I mean, if he was showing enough in practice to get opportunities, you know, the Bears are playing. It wasn't like they had a, a outstanding running game last year anyway. Uh, with Ryan Null, I think if, if he was worthy of a chance, he would have got it. 
you know, who knows? I mean, he he, he works hard every offseason. You know, there, I, I think there's there's some clips you know floating around with with the 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 the, the, the footwork with the, with the working out. You know, so he's putting the work in. You know, who knows? You know, maybe it clicks for him this offseason. Maybe it doesn't. Who knows? But at the end of the day, he is what he is at this point, and he's just not going to be a in in the elite back like some people hope he could be. The last uh, false narrative that, that Bill tweeted about, uh, and it goes way beyond Bears fans. This goes to all the talking heads, and, and we're going to get a little bit more into the, uh, the Eastern Bias Sports Network. Um, but uh, number five on Zimmerman's list is Ryan Pace is terrible at drafting. Uh, he, he's, done, he's done very well, especially in the middle to, to late rounds. Uh, everybody misses. Every single GM coach misses on draft choices every single year. And I, I tell you, you know, Lester, you and I both live just north of the border in Wisconsin, and there were a lot of Packer fans bemoaning the draft that the Packers had this year. Yeah. No, it's, it's funny with Ryan Pace. I, 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 a few few months ago, I broke down his draft by round. And, and when you look at the the, the the round by round, you mentioned you're right. He is pretty good in the middle rounds. You know, he's been pretty good in, in, in the second round as well. You know, he's found some gems late in the draft. You know, the 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 big the big problem with Ryan Pace and why I think a lot of people just don't like him is 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 the quarterback position. He he picked the wrong quarterback. I mean, if 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 he would have had uh, uh, like a bunch of misses at, at, at other spots. Like let's say uh, with Jackson never turned out or Terry Cohen or, or James Daniels or, or Smith, if all these guys were busts, but he drafted Patrick Mahomes and he led the bears to a championship game. People think Ryan Pace is the greatest GM ever. At the end of the day, if you don't get the quarterback, right, you're not going to have a job for long in the NFL. Well, the thing about Pace is this, is that his first round picks have been bad. I, I, and unfortunately, the, the, the book is still out on Roquan. I think yep. that's going to end up being a good pick, but it is not a good pick yet. And number eight overall pick needs to be somebody. And he, he has a great chance to be that still, but he's still not there. The rest of his first-round picks are not good. They're not good at all. Um, there's no two ways about that. My biggest issue with Ryan Pace is that he spends too many draft picks and doesn't give himself a chance for the natural process of missing to not hurt him as much. His misses hurt more because he spends too much on every pick. He trades up for every pick. And that's why at least I thought this year he didn't do his usual thing because that's my issue is that if Anthony Miller doesn't pan out, well, Anthony Miller costs more than just that pick. David Montgomery costs more than just that pick. Leonard Floyd, he traded up for. Mitch Trubisky, he traded up for. You know, it goes on and on and on. He gets tunnel vision. He loves his guys. And he has such conviction, as he says about them. Well, you know, <laughs> when it doesn't work out, it's worse. And what I've seen, unfortunately, with him is that he tends to have to make up for his draft misses with, you know, uh, free agency. And you can sit here yeah. and go, Allen Robinson, what a great free agent signing. Yes, but that's because Kevin White didn't work out. Robert Quinn, what a great signing. That's because Leonard Floyd didn't work out. We brought in Nick Foles because Mitch Trubisky hasn't worked out. It goes on and on and on, and, and that's normal and it's natural, and I think 
There's been a little bit of maybe unfair criticism of pace of, yet of late, but he's been here a while now. It's 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 time for him to have some more wins. Like it's it's time to stop coming up with that lame excuse of his roster was terrible when he got here because how many GMs have we seen turn things around in two, three years and here he's going into his fifth and, you know, we're not there. So I, I think that's the one on the list that I would say is not unequivocally untrue. One of the uh, interesting tweets uh, out there today Somebody had tweeted, and I can't remember who it was because I'd love to give them credit for it, uh, but it goes to show that the, uh, in Lester, you called it the blue-collar mentality of Bears fans, uh, and then there's even some Neanderthal mentalities out there, <laughs> and this was the tweet. If you had the choice of a Bears record to be 14-2 and two, but their only two losses were against Green Bay, or to be 11 and five, but you beat Green Bay both times. As a Bears fan, what would you choose? I mean, is there a, a title involved in one of these scenarios? Well, it did. No, that was just the scenario. But obviously, but are they both playoff teams? They, they didn't say in in the question. But at 14 yeah, I mean, and two, it, you're you're the number one. There's no way you're not the number one seed in your conference yeah. at 14 and two. And and there was really, I I, I wish I could, I had the twit, the the twit, that maybe maybe that was a Freudian slip. But mm-hmm. the, the the tweet that said, if you're a Bears fan, you're not picking 14 and two. And I was like, how ludicrous can you possibly be? I will take 14 and two and lose to the Packers every year twice in a row if that means I'm going. I'm the number one seed. Yeah, I mean, uh, if you're the top seed, I think that's that's the way to go. I mean, but you know, at the end of the day, it's all about uh, you know advancing in the playoffs. So, I mean, it'd, it'd be nice to beat the Packers and and to put those guys down where they belong. But yeah, I think 14 and two is probably uh, a, a little nicer. Absolutely. Just, Without question, the 14 and two is the better record. I need more. I need more information. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I want to know. I want to know. I, I want to, it's not that clear cut. I want to know, did the Packers suck and they went eight and eight, but they only got two wins against us. Then I'm all right. Like, but if, if the Packers are also going to the playoffs and they have our number, you know what I mean? Because there's times just like the Packers last year where they were not a, what you could call a, a 13 and three caliber team. They just had a 13 and three record. So you could be, I mean, I think it's much harder to be 14 and two and be, be bad, but you could be a 14 and two team. That's not as good as an 11 and five team. And we've seen the giants obviously win the super bowl from wild card, 10 and six, nine and seven, different things like that. So I don't think it's necessarily as clear cut. So I, I actually kind of lean meathead on this answer. <laughs> and I, I'll take the Packers. Uh, I'll take the Packers in 11 and five. <laughs> let, let me, uh, let me get the, uh, get you a, a, a caveman club there, Mr. Yes. Mr. Oh. Aaron. There, it wasn't too long ago with where actually green Bay finished 13 and three and two of their losses were against the bears. And, and similarly, in 2001, the year before they tore down Soldier Field, uh, which was uh, with Jerron's uh, 
hey, with, you know, his his heyday uh, with the Bears. They finished 13 and three uh, in 2001 and went to the playoffs. And two of their losses were were both to Green Bay. So interesting, interesting stuff. Um, Somebody called because uh, I was watching the the um, Brian Greasy uh, game. You know the Vikings 2007, where Adrian Peterson ran for ran wild and had three touchdowns, but Brian Greasy led them on nearly a miracle comeback. You know that game. And somebody called Nick Foles this year's Brian Greasy, and I kind of my stomach kind of because <laughs> it is sort of similar in the way that greasy replaced Grossman, you know, like, wasn't, wasn't that also the year where, uh, I believe they were at Philadelphia and greasy led them on a, uh, like a 92 yard drive in the final seconds to, uh, to win the game. Yeah, I mean, same year. Great moments in that Vikings game. You know, he he had some terrible moments and some great moments, and I kind of thought, wow, that's sort of apropos, because I do think that if Foles gets in there, it's gonna be it's gonna be up and down. Like he's gonna have some amazing moments, and he's gonna have some moments where you're like, oh my gosh, it's like Cutler. We're joined this evening by uh, Windy City Gridiron editor in chief Lester Wolfong, and and. a couple of days ago, Aaron posted this in uh, continuing on this negative false narrative theme um, about uh, a writer from ESPN. And Aaron, I'm just going to let you take it away. Yeah, sure. So they do this sort of like futures rankings, uh, ESPN. So this year it was Lewis Riddick, who's always been very kind to the Bears, Jeremy Fowler and Field Yates. And so they decided to to rate each team's quarterback remaining non-QB roster, draft, front office, and coaching using this scale. 100 elite, 90 great, 80 B, very good, 70 average, 60 very bad, 50 below. After averaging the results from the panelists, each of the five categories was weighted to create the overall score. Roster being 30%, quarterback being 20%, draft being 15%, front office being 15%, coaching 20%. The result is a comprehensive ranking based on how well each team is positioned for the future. So they went one from 32. Now, I think what's most important about this is last year, they they ranked the Bears before going into 2019, they ranked them 11th. Well, this year, the Bears came out with a 31 um, and the biggest issues were the quarterback, the draft and the front office. Um, so basically the only team that's worse than the bears in their, their three year outlook is supposedly the Jaguars. Um, and you know, they basically, basically kind of broke it down to that, if the quarterback position figures itself out miraculously, a lot of things can quickly change. But essentially, they sort of are boiling it down to, you know, the Bears don't have an answer at quarterback, so that's going to cause a lot of problems. Um, and I think it's a bit for them to be that low to me is just like, what are you talking about now? 
even the, and and they were talking on ESPN Radio to Field Yates about it, and Field Yates almost seemed surprised that they were that low himself, <laughs> because he was like, well, you know, the way that we did it, we gave our ratings, and then it kind of just goes into this formula, and the rest is kind of just how the formula works. And he's like, you know, he's like, if I probably did it over again, I probably wouldn't have the Bears, you know, probably need more in the twenties. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just it's it's uh. It's kind of seems like the 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 thing right now for for everybody to be down on their prospects, and it's just like I don't get it. Like, what was what made you so sure that after this uninspected twelve and four season, that Mitch Trubisky was just going to turn the corner, and the Bears were going to do what were going to repeat their defense? And a lot of people said that they wouldn't, but there were a lot of people that, I mean, obviously they were 11th and you had GM of the year and coach of the year, supposedly. And now we got a better quality backup, possibly a starter. We added one of the best pass rushers in the game. Like, how do you, how do you drop from 11 to 31? That's the, that's my concern. Yeah. I just think a lot of teams, a lot of people are sleeping on what the bears can be. I mean, I mean, this team, yeah, they disappointed mightily last year. They went eight and eight. You know, they were a lot of teams pick, you know, to win the North, to to be in the playoffs, to to go far in the playoffs. You know, uh, with 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 the with the, with the team, uh, uh, Matt Nagy in year two, Mitch Trubisky, you know, taking a step, and then eight and eight happened. And and I think a lot of people just they don't realize. I mean, if you really think about it, that was pretty uh, an impressive eight and eight because that that offense last year was 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 horrendous. They were you know they were 30, 31, 32 ranked in pretty much every offensive category. You know you, you you pick it, that's where they were ranked. That team was was brought along by the defense. You know they they managed to go 500 with the defense and the defense. Yeah, it slipped. It wasn't as as incredible as the year prior, but it was still a top 10 DVOA defense. You know, I think I think I've talked to you guys about it before. You know, this offense gives anything in 2020 if they can do anything close to average. You know, we're not looking for this offense to be the the greatest show on turf. We're looking for this offense to just efficiently, you know, move the football to 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 keep the 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 the, the clock moving. You know, to eat up some yards every now and again. And and if that's all they do, this defense will be back to 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 be a fresher. It'll be back to to getting the takeaways. You know, it'll get back to doing what it has to do. And uh, honestly, I just don't see any way this team, you know, is as bad as what what they're saying. But again, it's these lists usually are all about the quarterback. And with that spot unsettled in Chicago, you know, you kind of understand why they uh, you know they're they're ranked so low. You could look at a handful of teams right off at the tip of your tongue uh, and rank them behind Chicago. Uh, you, you can look right in your own division. You got Detroit that is is no great shakes. Uh, you've got you know the Rams, um, even though you know they were a playoff team a couple of years ago, like the Bears were. Uh, they've, they've lost a, a lot when they, they lost Gurley and they've lost a couple other guys. Uh, Goff isn't, Goff has not been what Goff was prior to the Bears game in 2018. He just hasn't been the same quarterback since. Uh, you've, got, you've got Cleveland, you've got Jacksonville, you've got Miami. Now, what if Tua doesn't, you know, he doesn't, his hip doesn't respond this year like everybody thinks it's going to, yeah, he's got a clean bill of health, but one bad shot on that hip 
could create a whole other line of problems. You've got aging quarterbacks in Indianapolis and even in New Orleans. You've got any, you know, this guy's not going to be around forever. So what's the future look like in New Orleans when Breeze goes away? So yeah. there's a there's a lot of interesting things going on here. And again, it's the Eastern, you know, ESPN. Uh, I, I got to tell you, the only time I ever turn ESPN on is on Saturday nights when, when college football is on, on Sunday night baseball and Monday night football. Other than that, my TV can't find ESPN. <laughs> it's just funny to me because I think that, you know, these lists are just, what they are is it's like a, it's a ready-made talk show. These yeah. lists, these lists are, are basically a script for shows. And, and, and it's just, it's content filler. It, it is, it's for the TV shows. It's for the radio shows and, and all the local shows can freak out or can, you know, it's, it's just, it's what it is. And to that end, they're great because here we are talking about it. Mission accomplished, you know, and it was, it's, that's a, this is an article from ESPN plus. So I paid to get this article on top of that. So double win. So I'm not yeah. going to hate, I'm not going to hate the game. Uh, in that regard, because they do well. But what I think is hilarious about these power rankings and these lists and all these things is, is we very rarely go back and examine them, what they were the previous year. And obviously the 11th didn't really work out so tough for them. But also, you never really can factor in the, the, the reality of the NFL that every year a worst to first or you know bottom third to upper third thing happens it just happens every single year so i mean that's what it never you know and it's like again i i am i'm much happier this year having all these people counting out the bears um than 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 the opposite because i think the bears generally do better when that happens when they get counted out and i know there's a lot of prideful guys on this team who are who are who are and even riddick said this he said you know, because he's aware of it, and they they asked him, you know, why is this why is this happening with the Bears? And he's like, I don't know, but I'll tell you what, guys are reading it. They're reading it more than ever before. <laughs> so, you know, because they got nothing to do. <laughs> like, but even guys that are usually not social media guys are on social media. You see them responding to things. Um, you know, and then they'll probably transition us into the next thing about the NFLPA. But that's that's motivation and i'd say great i love all the billboard material they're getting i mean it's it's awesome it's going to be fun you know and we're going to be spending a lot of time in the second half of the show talking about uh the nflpa and their ineptitude uh as i like to call it uh with this whole this whole situation this year but before we get into that um, our, our friends over at TickSplits.com want all of our listeners to realize that they have an opportunity to win two tickets to a Bears-Packers game in Chicago. It pretty much looks like it's going to be for the 2021 season. And all you have to do is, is share our tweets on, on Twitter at Halitech Hall. Uh, tell your friends to like us. Uh, as soon as we get to 1,000 followers, one lucky follower is going to win two seats to a Bears-Packers game. Lester, that means you. You're a follower. 
I, I, I'm ready. Let's go. I want to win those tickets. Get, get, get on the bandwagon. Tell every tell everybody to uh, follow us at uh, at Halitech Hall. As soon as we get to a thousand, one lucky follower is going to win those tickets. Uh, thanks to uh, our friends over at at uh, TickSplits.com. Uh, before we we had that quick pause for TickSplits, uh, we we talked a little bit about. Uh, what's been happening with the NFLPA and the NFL owners? And a lot of stuff came together at the last minute. Um, and in my opinion, a lot of it was unnecessary. And, and I'm just going to start off with this. Everybody was talking about, and you had all of these high-profile players with this concerted voice over the weekend about, we want to play and let's get it right and blah, blah, blah. Well, the the NFLPA and the owners sat down with with uh, disease experts, uh, and they were talking specifically about this 21 day period of of strength and conditioning before pads go on. And the NFL went to the NFLPA and said, "Listen, we didn't have." We didn't have any spring programs. We didn't have OTAs. We didn't have any mini camps. Let's, for this one year, bring everybody in two weeks early. So you definitely can have that 21-day period of strength and conditioning and still be able to have a, a preseason game or two. And what happened? The NFLPA sat on their hands and waited uh, and made the NFL owners look like a bunch of idiots, and they got what they wanted. They didn't want to play any preseason games this year. Okay, so here's my question. There are protocols that needed to be tested, game day protocols that should be tested with at least one preseason game, and the NFLPA played hardball, and, you know, it didn't happen. So I got to tell you guys, I am definitely, I, I, I got a burr in my saddle for the NFLPA and how they screwed this whole thing up. Yeah, I was thinking they'd have, they'd settle on one game. You know, I know the, the, the league came out a, a, a few weeks ago that said they wanted two games. Players wanted none. And then, then they changed the, the, the tune and, and the league said one game. Um, but then, you know, I think it was, uh, I think it was yesterday, the day before it came out that, you know, there's going to be no preseason games. And I, I don't know. I just think it's kind of weird that with what's going on and with, with, with everything, as far as you, you mentioned the guidelines and, 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 and how things are going to work, you know, I mean, the, the fans come into the stadiums, you're going to have fans in some places, some fans are not, you know, why not get a test run for a game day? So I thought they'd have one game, but, 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 but one thing that they have talked about is they are going to let teams you know, hold uh, uh, an event at their stadiums, you know, this preseason. So, so maybe they'll try and use that as kind of like their game day, uh, a, a, a test run, you know, we'll have to wait and see how that goes. But I mean, it just seems odd that, that you're going to really go into week one with, with no real test in place. Yeah. It's a, it's a real shame. Lester, let, let me ask you a quick question. Uh, Cause I just, I don't know the answer. I haven't seen it. I know that there are some stadium that were are going to be allowed a limited number of fans in the stands, but I have not seen anything from the Bears organization yet. Yeah, I haven't seen from the Bears. I know, uh, I know the uh, 
New York, New Jersey, uh, th that area, you know, they're going to have no fans. I think the, the Ravens announced they're going to only have, uh, I think, 20,000 fans in their stadium. I think the Jags had also announced where they're going to have, I think, you know, uh, uh, only one quarter worth of fans and whatever that may be. You know, as of yet, you know, some some teams have really kind of been quiet. I think they're, they're kind of waiting to take their, their lead from what the actual state governments allow. I mean, if the Bears come out and make an announcement that, hey, we're, we're going we're to allow this many fans and all of a sudden the, 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 the politics say, you know, no, you know, no sporting events, then the Bears have to backtrack. So I think they're going to wait and probably to the last minute and it's going to hurt people that want to go to the games. But, you know, me, I'm going to watch from the TV, so I'll, I'll be all good. As far as here, I, yeah, I think you're right, Lester. There is there. There is in the phased rollout for Illinois and Chicago a a scenario in which there could be limited fans in a stadium. Now they haven't gone as far as California, New York, Philly, all these other places to say no, it's not going to happen this year. Um, it's just whether or not you believe they're going to get to that phase five or wherever it needs to be. Uh, I I have a hard time envisioning that um, at this point short of a, you know, short of a, a massive distribution of vaccine, which could be, uh, you know, in the offing, I, I, you know, um, you know, the, the question remains is, you know, whether people are actually going to take the vaccine, but that's probably a topic for another show. Yeah. Um, the, the thing that with me with the NFLPA was I feel like they tried this power play and it's the same loud, highly paid voices saying these things and it's just like when they tried to get them to not ratify the cba it, it didn't work you know and the nfl knows what it has it has un, it has a lot of players making uh, not a lot of money and it had rookies that you know all were spending money all summer like they already had a contract and we know that until yesterday they didn't um and they really, you know, I think the league played it smart in the sense of the negotiation because they waited to the last minute and basically were like, nope, this is the CBA. You signed it. And there's no reason for us to, to have any other kind of plan. So we'll see you on the 27th, just like we talked about. And, um, you know, now the problem is there is still money that, that is going to need to be talked about because it has been fairly widely reported that the league is going to attempt to recoup or prorate or disperse some of the money because of lost revenue this season. So that is something that could get a little bit ugly um, as far as that goes. But I think they always, the league always knew they were going to acquiesce to the uh, preseason cancellations as it were and those were just kind of like a carrot that they were holding and dangling for the for the NFLPA to make them feel like they won something but I mean they were never gonna you know the and the, the, the top percent of players was never gonna get the rest of the league to not show up and not to, to you know to hold out or anything like that I mean it just wasn't gonna happen um, especially when you have the disparity that you have I mean when you have guys who are making 20 million dollars and you have guys who are making just under a million I mean you know it's like you, you just look at those guys and go okay you're a quarterback you're basically like LeBron James and I'm a 
you know, a fullback and I'm meaningless, right? So I'm going to listen to you? Like, come on. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. You're absolutely right. You know, it took took them forever. I think it was actually today where the NFL uh, owners and the, the NFL Players Association finally agreed on safety protocols. And it just goes to show you um, how and, and, it, and it's on both sides. You know, the, the NFL owners um, want them to be safe. You know, I, I, obviously they want their players to be safe because they're, they have millions of dollars invested in these athletes. And the last thing they want to do is put them at risk. So the, and the NFL Players Association just stuck it to the owners with, with this. And, and I, for one, am just furious about that, but we'll, we'll move on. Uh, as soon as the NFL announced that the camps would open on time, all of a sudden, and we, we actually tweeted, in fact, I tweeted it under our, our Halitech Hall uh, handle, that now that we have a set date for rookies to get to camp, don't be surprised if you see a rash of draft choices signed and in fact, what happened? They announced the draft. All the draft choices signed on the very same day. Imagine that. Yeah, that's funny how they all kind of leaked out. I mean, first it was uh, Johnson and and and, and Pig there. You know, they, they kind of put something on on their social media feeds. Um, I, then I think it was uh, the Athletics. Uh, Kevin Fishbane got the the Cole Komet news, and then shortly after that, you know, the Bears just said, "Hey, they're all signed." So I, I think this might have been the plan with the Bears all along, and. You know, I'm not sure if they waited until they got their their physicals done at, at camp, um, you know, but but w whatever it was, I mean, I, I think this was the plan they wanted to go through all along. Mm -hmm. You know, they knew they were going to get everyone signed. They knew there would be no problem, I mean, especially with the way the contracts are these days. I mean, there's not a lot of haggling you can do. I know we saw the stuff with the, with uh, uh, Roquan Smith, you know, last a couple of years ago where he kind of you know argued over a little bit of the language. But, you know, for the most part, these contracts are what they are. You know, it's, it's a slotted system. You know, so get those guys signed. You know, get them in camp, and uh, you know, let's see what happens. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Um, the the interesting part of, about it, though, is is to your point, it it they, all the contracts pretty much are are, are slotted. Uh, but the most important point was you can't enter the headquarters for training camp unless the contract was signed. You're locked out. You, you could not come near the facility unless you're under contract. So that, I'm sure, helped force the issue. Well, it's going to be pretty interesting. They're going to have to test everybody now, too. So that's going to delay things a little bit. Um, so we'll see. Yep. We'll see how that goes out. I mean, the, the NBA has been doing well and have had very few cases. The NHL has been doing very well. Um uh, Major League you know, Baseball has been yeah. phenomenal. With right. like less so, than one less than one percent positive tests. Right. So you know, I was just hoping that uh, the football you know goes the same route. Now they did um, also drop the the rosters from ninety to eighty, which uh, isn't really going to be that big of a deal. But I thought it was kind of interesting that the Steelers picked up uh, Dax Raymond, um, which is the second kind of practice squad guy that the Steelers have have uh, poached off us so um, it's going to be annoying if uh, 
and I can't think of the running back, um, but if that guy and Dax Ritten end up. Kareth White. Yeah, that's going to bother me uh, <laughs> if both of those guys do well in Pittsburgh because we were – Dax Raymond's another one of these guys that the Bears PR department um, talked up and, and put up a bunch of fluff pieces on and got us, you know, all interested in. And and uh, now he's, you know, now he's not, not here anymore. So be interesting to see. But, but as far as the rest of those guys, the 10 guys, I mean, I, I went through and, you know, picked off 10 names and basically it was just like, I've never heard of him, never heard of him, never heard of him. I mean, so whatever, it's, it's not gonna, <laughs> you know, like it was, it was pretty easy. Has I of course, I was uh, pretty much uh, off the internet all day today. Uh, did the Bears announce any of their ten cuts that were were on the ninety day squad? No, they haven't officially. But I, like I said, I just went through and I mean, you know, it, like Keandre Jones, linebacker, LeCal London, linebacker, Devontae Bond, linebacker. Those are the ones I. Darian Clark, tight end, Xavier Crawford, DB, Reggie Davis, Trevor Davis, wide receiver, Corey Levin, O line, Trevor McSwain, D line. I mean, there's a bunch of guys that it's just like camp bodies. Uh, they're not going to get any reps. I don't know. What do you think, Lester? You think there's any anything that that is interesting about the ten man drop in roster? I mean, it's it sucks for those guys. I mean, those I mean yeah. those undrafted fragments. I mean, those guys really. You know, I mean, this is their chance, and you're you're not getting it this year with preseason. You know, being cut right. short. So, you know, but I, I'm interested to see because I mean, yeah, they've talked about you know the rosters going ninety to eighty. You know, but but have they talked about anything else beyond that? I mean, are, are those ten guys that aren't allowed to go to training camp, will they still be under some sort of contract obligation to the team that had them? Are they going to be like in kind of like the bullpen in case there's an, uh, a COVID right. case? I yeah, mean, I know. who knows? I, I think with I think the NFL should have everything on the table where you know they want to have as many options as possible just to be on the safe side. So if you're only allowed 80 in training camp. You know, those 10 guys, are they just sent home and said, hey, if we need to, we'll call you? Have they made any decisions as far as uh, roster? Uh, are they still going to go with 53? And and then the Nothing. Uh, the practice squad, there was talk, was, was, it was 10. It's going, it was supposed to be 12. And I've, I've seen numbers anywhere from 15 to 20 on the practice squad and I haven't heard of anything definite. Yeah, there's still nothing official. Like like I said, I, I really like to see this year. I mean, if, if if teams are allowed to have more flexibility between the practice squad and the regular roster, I think this is the year to do it. I think it's a good way to test it out. I think, you know, having a, a more a, a more uh, IR system where, where you have guys that can go up and down freely. You don't have to put a guy on an eight-week, you know, IR. You can put him on a four-week IR or maybe the quarantine IR, they call it this year. But I think this is a, an opportunity for the NFL to kind of play around with doing different stuff for the roster. And I think the players would love that because that would just give them more, more, more guys paid. And ultimately, that's what they're all about. They want more jobs for the players. So if they can do something where they keep more guys technically on the payroll, I think that's the way to go this year. Here's something something interesting. If they keep 20 on the practice squad, that means they only have to cut seven more players after they get down to 80. That's an interesting thought. Yeah, they need to announce something, though. I think you're right, though, Lester. I don't think it's fair to 
to some of these guys. I mean, you know, because like you gotta know. I mean, if you're a guy that's a fringe guy, you know who you are. Um, and I don't think the UDFAs from this year are those guys. I think it's these weird random guys that we sort of signed, you know, late last year or at strange times. So, I mean, they need to do something um, to figure out, you know, what they're going to do. I don't see I, – I just don't see how any type of like a taxi squad works in football, though, just because I just don't see how you have the – how you have the uh, the ability to, to make them practice. You know, it's not like baseball. A baseball player can walk onto another team. A baseball player could literally switch teams and be fine. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's you, if you can play second base for one team, you can play second base for any team in the league. Football's not like that. Uh, so I just don't know how you, how you operate a full, you know, functioning squad. And if, they, if they're going to, they sure as hell better have a plan for it uh, and I still don't think that they worked out what happens to guys if they test positive and how that affects you know everything so there's still some stuff yet to be worked out now I again I still am hoping beyond hope that that these things have been have been talked about and figured out and just not released because you know again these things tend to get uh, sort of tried in the court of public opinion, um, you know, and, and there's no point in doing that, especially when you know you're going to have a, uh, a negotiation that you have to be in. Lester, the big, uh, the big story, of course, now with no preseason, uh, with Foles not being able to be in Chicago because uh, they, they happened to, to decide to have a baby this, this offseason not knowing that there was going to be a, a, a pandemic happening and they've been pretty much locked up in, in out on the West coast. Um, whereas Mitch Trubisky, he's been, he's been working out uh, at a, at a, at a training facility. Uh, he's been working out with Jeff Christensen. He's been throwing the ball to several bears receivers. The last receiver to post something on, on social media was uh Anthony Miller and Anthony Miller looked pretty damn good catching the ball. So um, Trubisky definitely has to have the edge going into week one. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you would think so. I mean, things kind of breaking his way, but 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 also, yeah, I'll look at it this way. I mean, the Bears have two quarterbacks. One guy they they thought of so much that they declined his fifth year option. And the other guy they traded a draft pick for and, and, and redid his entire contract to make sure he's, he's comfortable in Chicago. So, I mean, the Bears, you know, they, they, they like Foles. Um, I think, again, they come down to practice. I mean, if, if Trubisky comes in and, I mean, and, and he, he's a hard worker. There's no doubt about it. He, he busted his ass, you know, the, 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 uh, the uh, last offseason, too. I mean, a lot of videos of him working out with this team, and that didn't translate. Mm-hmm. You know, if it will it translate this year, I, I hope so. Like I said all along, I really hope he's the guy. I hope he becomes, you know, the franchise savior, what he was drafted to be. Because, you know, I mean, he, like, he works hard. I mean, he, he's a he's a he's a good kid. I mean, he really puts the time in. You know, he 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 takes the heat when he has to. He's out there front and center when he has to. You know, he has everything that needs to be to be a franchise quarterback except for the production. So uh, I hope it's him. But I still, I, I think he, I still he, don't think it will be. I think it's going to be Foles. Yeah, I think he grew a lot last year personally, even though the the statistics and the performance didn't show it. Uh, but as the year went by, 
he you started to see an edge to him uh, rather than just the cookie cutter uh, cliched answers that we we're so used to uh, to hearing. You know, there were podcasts and, and some even some radio shows uh, on on six seventy the score where they say let's count how many cliches we hear from Trubisky in his press conference and and it was it was actually kind of comical uh, but you didn't hear that towards the end of the year and you didn't hear that in his his one big presser that he had this off season. Uh, you know, I'm pissed off, but in a good way, because I've never been so motivated in my life. Uh, I've, we've heard talk about his arm uh, strength has been repaired because it, there was an imbalance in his throwing shoulder. Uh, we have seen, uh, you know, if you're if you're not if, and I'm far from an expert. So um, this is I'm paraphrasing from other people who I, I hold in very high regard in bear circles, saying that the, the, the angle of his, his throwing motion is, is a little bit more defined than it was previous. Um, now, we still have to see whether or not he can read a, a defense. Uh, I think that last year, specifically last year, with the lack of production on the offensive line, the one of the worst things that a young quarterback can do is lose confidence. And that's exactly what happened to Mitch Trubisky last year was his lack of confidence caused him to hurry throws, caused him to miss wide open receivers. Uh, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what this offensive line can do in front of them with some, some added new pieces to it. And if the, if the offensive line clicks, I think you're going to see a much different Trubisky under center. Here's, I, I think that the lack of preseason games does not favor Trubisky one bit. I think it absolutely hurts him. He's the one that needed the, the games to prove himself. He is the one who is in question here. Foles was brought in because his resume is what it is, and he has an entire room of coaches who already believe in Foles. Mitch has no coaches who believe in him except for Dave Ragone and and Ryan Pace, and Ryan Pace is not a coach. Like, the reason Foles is here is because Mitch didn't get it done, and they they don't want to waste this defense. So, I mean, as much as I would like the pick to work out, and I wish that the guy had become who we wanted him to become in 2019, he didn't. And he missed open receivers in 2018, too, you know. So I think what we're talking about is a season and a half of bad play. Take away the, the, the fourth quarter of the playoff game. Everything else in the second half of the year in 2018 was bad to below average. So you're looking at that. Now Nagy says, I need to prove that I got hired for a reason, that I'm the offensive guy who I say I am. He didn't. He's not putting his eggs in the Mitch Trubisky basket again. He's not giving Mitch another bite at the apple. He's going to go with the guy who he brought here to save his bacon, and that's Nick Foles. And he, they have a huge amount of trust in Nick Foles. I just don't see DeFlippo, Laser, Castillo, who all know Foles, and Nagy, who knows Foles, 
going, you know what, let's just give old champ Nick, uh, Mitch, another chance because he's working so hard, darn it. Like, that just, I don't, that doesn't wash for me. They need to win. Now, what I will say is they are not going to tell us anything. <laughs> These practices are going to be tight, tighter than Fort Knox. The league already says that closed practices that, 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 uh, the reporters can't report anything. There's going to be barely anybody there. There's going to be barely. So we're not going to know. And from a strategic standpoint, why would you let the Lions know who the starting quarterback is? So we're going to be waiting, I think, until the very last minute. And somebody said that they think Nagy might be open with us because they he wants to create this pressure-packed environment like they did with the kicking competition. But that's not, that doesn't. There's too much strategic benefit to holding out on the information. So I don't think we're going to know. But but no, I don't. I don't buy that workouts and you know uh, some some rehab facility that's basically trying to to make a commercial for themselves is 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 really giving Mitch any kind of edge. I just don't. Now I do question one thing, which is that. Is Foles worried about playing football, having a newborn child, and COVID? That's that's a wrinkle I haven't heard anybody bring up because you've heard, uh, you just heard Russell Wilson say the same thing, right? And then maybe it's a mark, maybe it's a negotiating ploy. I don't know, but is is Foles? You know, does Foles think that way? Now that could be something, but. Other than that, I don't see Mitch having a leg up at all. You can catch Lester at Wilfong JR on Twitter. You can catch him at Windy City Gridiron. Uh, This is always a pleasure when we have Lester or any of the other uh, writers and colleagues at Windy City Gridiron. Lester, before we let you go, any last words? I don't know. I think we had a lot of good stuff tonight. I mean, I kind of agree with Aaron. I think, like I said, you know, it's it, it, with with the off season being so so crazy this year. You know, the, the Bears are going to go with who they trust most, and I think we're going to find that out. I think it's going to be Foles. So we've got two Foles and one Trubisky to end the <laughs> show. So uh, uh, we uh, we will definitely see. It'll be it'll be interesting come uh, uh, that uh, second Sunday of September if in fact they get the season off on time. Uh want to thank our guest uh Lester Wilfong from Windy City Gridiron, my co-host Aaron Torricelli, our sponsor Tixplits.com. This is Mike Halitech saying so long everybody. Have a great week. Thanks so much for listening.